0: folks welcome to another episode of the cracked podcast the podcast all about why being alive is more interesting than people think it is my name is alex schmidt and i'm the head of podcasting here at cracked i'm also known as Schmidt the clam i'm also known as Schmidt the champ and i am also also thinking about the 1983 semi-official james bond movie never say never again uh, specifically this way sean connery faced off with the villain the game is called domination i designed it myself We will be fighting for countries chosen at random by the machine. Are you ready? Yes. Thank you, gentlemen. The eternal battle for the domination of the world begins. We play for dollars. Random target selection, Spain. Value 9,000 dollars. (laughs) Play. That was a clip of them playing a giant goofy video game that gives the players electric shocks, which means Bond and the villain both almost kill each other with it, you know, so you get that James Bond action. It's also nuts. And it's a perfect mix of video game stuff and Bond stuff because it is a game, but it's still in this like lavish European casino and beautiful women are watching and Sean Connery's there. Because in 1983, pop culture and the wider culture knew what gaming was, but they were still kind of figuring it out, too. It's still sort of a new medium, and also a lot has changed, according to our pals at Marketplace. The 2016 U.S. video game market was worth a hair short of $100 billion, and then CNBC estimates $138 billion in 2018 video game spending, which is a 13.3% jump year over year. So video games are blowing up and blowing up, especially right now. And with millions and millions of people playing them in a real way, you would think those people are never in a, you know, crime or danger kind of situation, right? Because they're not James Bond in a kind of off-brand James Bond movie, right? Uh, there there was a whole legal battle with Thunderball. We won't get into it. But I want to get into something fascinating about being alive, about our world that people don't really think about And here's the topic for that. Our topic is weird, real crimes built around video games. One more time, that's weird, real crimes built around video games, because there are tons of strange ways real video games that people play right now are being used for all sorts of nefarious supervillain kind of things. It's really, really interesting. And I had so much fun getting into it with our guests today. They are the two perfect people to talk about it. Returning guest Nick Weiger is a comedy writer, podcaster, co-host of the Doughboys podcast, which is amazing, and also has a lot of background in game development and playing them, too. And then we are joined by new guest Heather Ann Campbell, who I hope you know her name. She's an incredible comedy writer and comedian. Uh, Her credits include a legendary show here in L.A. called The Midnight Show, as well as America's legendary show, Saturday Night Live. Also Fox ADHD, The Eric Andre Show. And you may recognize her as a cast member of Whose Line Is It Anyway?, I can't believe I get to talk to these folks. It's very exciting. And there are links in the food notes about many things, as always, but one of them is a podcast that they are going to be doing on Earwolf. It's called How Did This Get Played? And I hope you understand the premise right away. They're going to get into some very insane video games and gear and other things that have been in that world. Because it's an awesomely strange world video games and that's what we're talking all about today Uh, so let's get straight into it please sit back or sit with your James Bond hands on the controls of domination while Kim Basinger watches Kim Basinger I don't know how to say it not important let's get into this episode of the cracked podcast with Heather Ann Campbell and Nick Weiger I'll be back after we wrap up talk to you then Talking about gaming and yes. especially crimes in it, but also uh, as one way for people to get to know you. What are you guys playing lately? What's your like gaming diet habits, etc. Like, I've been obsessively playing FTL, which is the same. It, I love it. I yeah, yeah. And, and this is a it's re, it released in twenty twelve. I have it on both Steam and on on my PC and my gaming PC and I also have it on my iPad. I incidentally I took the train over here and I was playing it on my iPad on the train over. I, I it's like oh, I'm I'm playing it I'm a little too obsessed with it right now, but I played the shit out of uh, Subset Games. I think is the developer, and they pre- they made Into the Breach, which was my favorite game of last year, 2018. Yeah, and then so I I hadn't played their first game. I revisited it, and I'm totally addicted to it. It's a roguelike space exploration game uh, with uh, a just endless variants, and it's it's uh, it's a lot of fun. Yeah, it's like all the best parts of being the captain of a spaceship. Right. In a game. Yeah, it's great.
1: By contrast, on every point, I drove my Japanese sports car here today. (laughs) (laughs) And I I have been playing Sekiro, which is the samurai action game from From Software. Mm -hmm. It is in the vein of the Soulsborne games. And now cool. for every other Souls game, I have used a guide. Not like not like an online tutorial, but like I hate missing. Those games are so like obtuse right. that, that I've always <laughs> used a guide so I don't miss a treasure that literally you need to like, beat the game. Yeah. It's like a very punishing action game. You can cool. take two hits at most before you die. Oh. Like it's ruthless, it's unforgiving. It's like sounds real like,
0: life. Sounds like me with a bong. <laughs>
1: I don't believe that you get high, to be
0: totally honest. I, I don't. I get two hits and then I die. You <laughs> gotta if, be careful. If you're listening at home, Nick said that and then I had the biggest grin I've ever seen <laughs> in my entire life. Yeah. <laughs> it's what we call a shit-eating grin. <laughs> there's a lot of games here that we're looking at. Uh, also, there's one Cracked article that's that's been very helpful for this called Five crazy true crime stories involving video games by Mark Hill, but one story here is about Minecraft. I actually haven't played Minecraft. I, I know it's massive and an yeah. enormous thing, but mm-hmm. I've messed around with it a little bit. I like those kind of software toys, but I think I would like, I would love it when I was if I'd played it when I was like my nephew's age. My nephew plays it obsessively. Yeah, uh, and he's 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 ten now. But like as an adult, I just kind of like, kind of get like, oh, okay, there's no real end game here. There's nothing really engaging me.
1: Yeah, I've I've played it a few times, but same thing. I'm first off, I think it's ugly. It's fucking ugly as shit. <laughs> yeah. it's an ugly game. <laughs> it's I, all Cubic, I guess. It yeah. sucks. It's ugly.
0: Yeah. It turns out in the the sort of scene of playing it, there are a lot of private servers that people use, and then people will pay to be on private servers. And then that led to wars between people's servers mm. where they try to use a DDoS attack, a distributed denial of service, to shut down other people's servers. Mm-hmm. So that's just one baseline story we have is that there's, like, fighting in the Minecraft world. Right. They're all, like, hacking each other. Mm-hmm. And then there was one a group of three students they built a botnet called Mirai that they used to attack other people's servers, and they found out it was so good, they were like, what else can we do with it? And they took down their college's network, they started extorting businesses for money, Wow! and then... From there, they were like, we might get caught, so let's make the code open source. And then somebody else used that to do the Dyne attack in 2016 that took down Netflix and PayPal and a lot of Internet service in just the eastern United States. But this is all via some yeah. built-in part of Minecraft that they were able to do that? Uh, it sounds they like they were... made an
1: external DDoS Uh, Yes. Software exploit. And then we're using that on banks and shit. Oh,
0: got it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Which to me
1: means that there was like a group of kids playing Minecraft and they're like, let's take down that server. And then they're like, (laughs) ringleader was Jack Nicholson. (laughs) 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 Right. What else can we do? That's terrible. (laughs) That was the worst Jack Nicholson.
0: (laughs) But yeah, this uh, this this Minecraft seed, uh, I guess, it was how we got all these massive botnet attacks, right. which ended up shutting down like half the country's internet for for a time in 2016. It's it's very amazing to me that that can be what it springs from. The game encourages exploration and experimentation. You're you're trying to to put shit together and and figure out how it all works. And I could see how that could naturally extend to because do, do we know the age of these kids? In the story it talks about taking down their college's network. So okay, one okay. of almost college yeah. age, yeah. Right. Okay. But st- but still that's kind of like the age range where you're kind of like fucking around with things, you know. And yeah, and yeah. so to me that that point A to point C I can kind of see how that that links. Well, yeah, especially with them being college age, this is almost the story of Facebook, you know what I mean? Right. Like it's almost yeah. <laughs> just an asshole college kid like messing around with something and then and then it messes with the whole country. Yeah. yeah. You think almost that, got there. Do you
1: think that all right, if a Ddos is used as a protest, do you think it's a crime? I think mm. that oh. that's important for our discussion of this thing,
0: yeah, interesting,
1: because like if you build a human chain in front of a building right to deny access to the building, like if you're protesting, then that is not a crime.
0: but you can still you can still be detained yeah. or arrested for that. like they're they're still they would charge you with something.
1: Well, I, what yeah. should
0: it be? Is, is is your question? Is like an ethical question? Yeah, sure, ethical. No, I think fuck it. <laughs> Take something down. Go for it. Because <laughs> also, like in terms of the actual legality of it, this is all being worked out by our politicians, who mm-hmm. not to be ageist, but they tend to be relatively old sure. and don't know anything about video games. Yeah, and so then then the, they don't know what to do. They yeah. have no idea. That's yeah. been a whole thing <laughs> with loot boxes. Of just like loot boxes are basically gambling. Like if you're if you're paying real money. for for a percentage chance that you will get something that is gambling. And that's how that's the mechanic that, that allows loot boxes to be so profitable for game publishers. And there's basically, this is a thing that I think like is kids are so kids are gambling. Kids are going on, logging onto apps and and video games and, and they're gambling when they're doing this, but there's like no regulation of this practice. And I think it's partly because it's so complex that there's there's base, not even a superficial understanding of video games from people in power, and then and then yeah. to try to like uh, to explore this like more detailed issue, it's just it's just not going to get something that's going to be tackled.
1: So do you think that we're ten twenty years away from video game regulation because we need a whole generation of humans to move into? Politics?
0: I think it's possible. And I think, like, you know, like a lot of things, it'll probably be on a state by state level. I mean, California, aside from being more liberal, is also, you know, more tech, like it has more of a tech savvy sort of uh, quality, I feel like, to the legislature because of where they represent. So I think you might see it in in some states first.
1: Hmm. Yeah, Yeah, I'd believe that. I feel like an entire generation who grows up gambling isn't going to regulate once they get in power because that that will just be the life they've known. Mm. It's like you would never. Now that marijuana is becoming legal, you would never make alcohol illegal. That's e- true. Even though the science is that it's extremely destructive to society because yeah. it's the way we've all lived. <laughs> and in the same way, I feel like if I was six years old when I started gambling, that by the time I right. was in office, I'd be like, well, yeah, but but that's what you do. You get a loot box.
0: Yeah. I, it's <laughs> that's what, how you
1: wake up. You have a coffee. You get a loot box. Right.
0: <laughs> six year old with a huge coffee. Yeah. Yeah, where's my loot box? Uh, this is another correct article. Uh, Five Bizarre Ways Online Gaming is Affecting the Real World by Matt Culkin and Jack Hall. And there's a story here. Maybe Heather, you can talk about it in particular. It's it's North Korea. The, I love this. I love the this. The country out there, they decided to make some money.
1: So so I used to be a huge Final Fantasy Online player for uh, Final Fantasy Eleven, not the current one that everyone's playing. But when, uh, when you played Final Fantasy Online, uh, making money was near fucking impossible. It was oh. awful. <laughs> and you could go onto an auction site in the real world, like eBay, and purchase gold from Final Fantasy XI. And then somebody would show up and deposit it in your account mm. on the game, which oh, okay. I never did because I thought it was fun to work right. and, yeah. and just do the stuff. <laughs> but at the time the rumor was that these were all chinese people whose job it was to sit in a room all day long and just fight the same low level monsters over and over and over again yeah. wow. collect all that money in a grueling windowless hell Right. Uh, and then deposit it into a foreigner's account when they ebayed or paypal the actual money Apparently, North Korea weaponized this system and created online exploits, or at least South Korea is um, accusing them of creating online exploits to automate that process. So somewhere out there in these MMOs are North Korean botnets that are just harvesting in-game currency and then selling it for real-world cash, wow. which then uh, you know, f- foreign governments or foreign people are are paying real-world money for. And that is— that's laundering, right? That's just yeah. money laundering. And that's also like an American kid donating to the North Korean <laughs> right. like nuclear program. Right. E- effectively.
0: <laughs> it, yeah, inadvertently. That's that's yeah. wild. So the this practice is going on because I've heard about this happening in like like we just play World of Warcraft, similar yep. sort of thing. You know, Chinese gold farmers were always talked about. Yeah, I think it's, I think it's like a, just sort of an MMO thing where where if there's in-game currency, there's an incentive to farm it. But like specifically here, they were. They were employing their own farmers, like North Korean. Like they were, they were drafting North Korean citizens and to have having to do this. Well,
1: I mean, according to the the limited information from this this article, yeah. it was cheat codes and exploits that they were using. Oh, So got it, it wasn't okay. even the actual yeah. labor that you were right. purchasing. It wasn't time. It was <laughs> some other country is stealing fake things Mm. and then you are paying real money to buy stolen fake things
0: and this accusation comes from south South korea Korea. yeah Yeah. i don't trust it oh wow (laughs) wow i picked my side
1: (laughs) i mean i i know that the the, that robotic farming on mmos exists because you would see it you would just see like Five or six accounts that all were dressed the same, right. in the exact same armor, going up to the same spawn points and, and hacking away at things, and then moving like a flock over and over again. So that yeah. makes sense. Yeah.
0: And that was, I feel like that was a story, too, especially around World of Warcraft, you'd hear about like people who were able to do it professionally because yeah. they'd hit a top level and then right. just gold farm for other people. Yeah. And then it's their job.
1: I don't think there's a solution for this problem. But do you guys have one?
0: <laughs> I I don't think so. No. Cuz like
1: if I'm working a real job all day long and then I want to go home and play a video game and enjoy myself and I don't have the 10 hours it takes to get the special wand,
0: right. Yeah. Shouldn't
1: I be allowed to pay my real world money to somebody else who got the special wand and doesn't want it and would rather use the cash?
0: Jesus, yeah, a- Nick
1: just almost knocked over a lamp. I
0: just hit my head on the lamp behind me. I didn't realize it was there. Shouldn't have leaned back so far in the chair. Um, I filled the room with traps just <laughs> so you guys know. That's like a home alone situation. Uh, <laughs> um, Diablo 3 had a real money auction house where you could – it was like a thing that, that Blizzard was regulating where you could uh-huh. use – you could spend your own money to – uh, basically that the ebay thing that you're describing was part of the the in-game engine and it completely destroyed the in-game economy because <laughs> it just like devalued gold and then it, it it incentivized spending real money in the the same way a lot of a lot of pay to win games do and so they eventually were like blizzard actually caring about Game balance to some degree, and not just making money. They they discontinued it in an update, and they got rid of the they got rid of it. it if they're cheating, if they're using exploits, that obviously has to be policed to some degree. Agreed. I just read yeah. because I because well, I, 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 I think I understand from the article like the exploit was they. And again, South Korea accusing North Korea, but they uh, the North Koreans stole free access to several games, including mm. Lineage 2 and Dungeon Fighter, which are apparently the most popular South Korean ones, but then also ones that Americans and, and everybody around the world plays too. Right. Uh, So they, like, stole free access to it and then did other cheating to help themselves gold farm like that. Mm. And then the money was used to fund the nuclear program in North Korea and also Rolexes to help the the leader of the country, like, keep people in line by gifting them Rolexes. Okay, so it went to a couple of good causes. (laughs) That's fair. It's amazing that the because I've heard about this, this about some games that the in-game economy is greater than the GDP of some nations. Like yes. you know, Mauritania uh, has a, as a smaller GDP than than world than EverQuest Two or whatever at the time. You know, <laughs> that, that it's it's just like it's it's wild that that. Exists because I think also too some of these game studios employ economists to actually design these things because they're so complicated. Oh yeah, I'd believe it. Yeah. Yeah. It also seems like maybe with both games we've mainly talked about so far, just money's the root of all evil. Right. Right. Like as it's it's as soon as money entered, it's all fucked up. I
1: I would argue that it's not it's not money is the problem, it's time. Like the the problem is time because it's I'm not gonna pay somebody to play Sekiro for me. Right. It's the, the game is the thing. But if, in this, if time is the only way to unlock content, sure, then you need to be able to purchase time yeah. uh, from somebody else. I feel like MMOs are designed in a way that does not reward playing as much as it rewards dependence.
0: Oh, yeah, wow. hours of investment is yeah. the main thing, yeah. Yeah, uh, absolutely. On the economic front, and then speaking about money-ruining games, you know, so, so I, I said the word, <laughs> I said pay to win, and— <laughs> That's that's been a big issue with a lot of online games and one that was heavily advertised was this game Game of War Yeah, uh, yeah. which you which I think it's most known as for having these ads with Kate Upton and they might have, did they also have ads with Mariah Carey? I think they they shifted to Mariah Carey at some point or that was a different oh. game. But they're like running them during like NFL games and like they're running them during primetime. It's like this is there's huge money behind this. Yeah, And so she's like a medieval warrior. She's like a medieval yeah. warrior. Yeah. So Game of War it's basically like, you know, a lot of these games are the same mechanically, just sort of like these these pseudo action strategy games. And so in one case, a comptroller stole $4.8 million from his employer. <laughs> he did it pretty clumsily. He pretty much, according to this article, was just using the company credit card he was basically just spending company money on himself pretty directly but this was in california of the 4.8 million he spent about a million on game of war just on just yeah. on upgrading his character on buying a uh, you know buying new buildings buying new you know abilities like that that kind of shit and it's crazy that you're able to invest that much money in one of these pieces of software Yeah, software that's just designed to take your money. Right. It's (laughs)
1: devastating.
0: It's crazy. Like,
1: you would think that there wouldn't be a million dollars worth of upgrades to apply to a single character or to apply to a single game. That just seems crazy.
0: I think a lot of times it's stuff like, because you were talking about the time restriction, and that's the thing that gets built into a lot of these games. I remember when I was playing Candy Crush for a little bit, and then I was like, fuck this, because it has, like, if you lose enough times— you have like a timer until you can play an, uh, again or you can spend real money to get past that timer. So I'm guessing a lot of oh, what this happens, this guy died. He had to wait one hour to restore or it takes three hours of real time for this building he bought to be constructed and you can spend real money to accelerate it. I'm guessing it's things like that. That's how that Simpsons Tapped Out works too. A lot of a lot of the real money is just like – Buy exclusive things or to speed things up.
1: SimCity Build It, which I've been playing, and now I'm stopping playing because of the way it sort of bottlenecks into. Well, you should have to spend money at right. some point.
0: Yeah, that's such a one eighty from where we are now. Right in the distant past, they were just trying to get you to purchase the game one time. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And now every game on your phone is trying to get you to pay for it forever. Right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. and it really sucks because, like, you know, a game, a game like Game of War, just. Like the money being an issue of both the the guy who embezzled from his company, which is his own thing, but also like the incentives that are set up for these companies to just kind of make the shovelware, these shitty like non games that yeah. have loosely things loosely approximating mechanics, but mostly they just exist. To Heather's point about MMOs earlier, just to addict you, to hook you, to see how many hours you're willing to invest in this game, and then once they've done that, they're just trying to. Get you to to invest invest additional money. They're like Ponzi scheme games. It's like I I yeah. have more of an issue with the developer, especially because a lot of the money they're coming f- they're getting is coming from kids who don't know any better. Like I have more issues with the developers that do this and the, and the the platforms that allow this practice than I do with the people stealing from their company. Because fuck this guy's company, who cares? <laughs> they can afford for- what was oh I see Where? it was a it was a children's charity. <laughs> <laughs> oh, did God. you
1: did you discover that in real time? No. no.
0: i admit it Well, that's that's dead on about those companies. Like, a lot of the reporting about the people making Game of War, they say that company makes about a million dollars per day. Wild. uh, Just from people funneling money into it. Absolutely wild. And that that California man is not the only story. There was also a Utah librarian last year who embezzled 89 grand in public money because he works for the library. Wow. Uh, But it went into Game of War because uh, people can't help playing it. Those guys are both felons now uh, it's whole thing
1: has the developer ever issue are are we like pre-cigarettes being regulated in this like do you think yeah, that like, like somebody's gonna be like yeah. well it turns out human beings have no free will right <laughs> and if you put a button in front of them they'll ha- they have to push it therefore we have to make it so you can't push a button
0: yeah well i think the extra sneaky thing i feel like is like my iphone has started to present me with screen time reports and they're starting to try to build that into just our phones in general right. yeah. like they're they're too addictive by nature so then you put a game like that into it it's mm-hmm. like it's a, it's a box you can't turn away from it's crazy
1: i don't mind it <laughs> <laughs> yeah i'm fine with it yeah i'm fine it's fine i mean honestly my when i was Growing up, my parents were like, you can play video games as long as you want, as long as you do your homework. It, like, the moment any yeah. of your grades drops, then the video games are taken away for a quarter until your ga- your grades come, come back up. Right. And I feel like that's – I mean, it's always – games have always been a threat. That's true. Right? So fuck it. Pay. Do whatever you want. (laughs) (laughs) Spend the money. I don't care. (laughs) Don't rob people, but spend the money. Who cares? (laughs) Good on Game of War, man. If I was sitting at a table and I came up with a game that I was like, I bet people start robbing people in real life to play this video game. Like, I'd be real (laughs) proud of myself. Yeah.
0: M- Missile Command never did that. Yeah, right.
1: <laughs> like you give up, you give, gave up on Pac-Man out of frustration. Imagine right. if you were like thinking yeah. in, at the bar, "Oh, I might beat somebody and take their money so I can keep playing Pac-Man." Yeah, that's, that's brilliant design. Good for them.
0: I'm gonna knock over this armored car so I have enough quarters. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah, it's 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 a. <laughs> It is crazy that the degree of addiction that comes from like just bad games. These games suck. Like they're they're not fun to play. They're really bad, but they just like the addictive quality is almost exists outside of quality. Or maybe the fact that they are bad is part of what makes them addictive because people feel like these are these unbalanced games where you feel like, oh, if I just spend money, I'm going to win this. I I have no idea.
1: I bet there's research that these companies have done into the sound uh, feedback. I bet that there is a oh, yeah. sound where it's like you press a button and there's a ding and a, and like a chiming glassy sound. And that makes you feel good. And I bet that yeah. the sound feedback itself helps you spend money.
0: Right. They've figured out every sense. Yeah. It's uh, fucking not great. smell yet, but they're working on the rest. Yeah.
1: I feel like the next thing I want to talk about also plays into this. I think they're all kind of Variations on the same idea, the same story. Right. There's a story about uh, Dutch teenagers who stole an amulet and a, uh, hold on, this is amazing. An amulet and a mask from a 13 year old boy. And they were found guilty of theft even though they stole it in the video
0: game. Right, a virtual amulet. Yeah, a virtual amulet
1: and a virtual (laughs) mask. And it went all the way, this is why I love this story, it went all the way to the Dutch Supreme Court. Wow. (laughs) Like, this was, like, the country spent time trying to decide if the theft of virtual goods was an actual crime or a simulation of a crime. Yeah. Because if you break it down, like, The kid who has the amulet and the mask, he doesn't actually have the amulet and the mask. Like, it's not in his tangible possession because he's, in effect, leasing access to the game where the goods belong to the company.
0: Yeah, right.
1: So it's not his goods being stolen. It's goods that a company owns being moved from account to account.
0: And it it says here it's the game RuneScape. Is that right? Yeah, RuneScape. I don't
1: know any fucking thing about RuneScape. (laughs) No, me neither. (laughs)
0: A lot of uh, amulets, a lot of masks. I guess so. so. Yeah.
1: He he had this mask and this amulet, and the people who were trying to rob him were beating him in real life, like punching and kicking him. Jesus. Bullying him to get this amulet and this mask like bullying him
0: and the, then, and the Dutch Supreme Court was ruling whether that was a crime <laughs>
1: <laughs> but then they yeah so then so then they steal it and then the Dutch Supreme Court did find that theft is it, of virtual goods is real theft oh
0: wow and yeah.
1: they went to jail
0: so they they were like that guy that ass kicking was justified
1: no, wait. What
0: <laughs> isn't that what happened? what side happened?
1: are you taking? I thought
0: the vigilantes were. I thought they were beating up this thief.
1: No, no, the kid who had the mask yes. was being beaten. Oh, okay, yeah,
0: by like other kids. It's by all hunts, I get it all it now. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: In the articles, it says he and another youth beat and kicked the boy and threatened him with a knife until he logged into Runescape and dropped the objects. Like, Man, that's wild. Yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> I can see that happening though. I could, like, I could see that being a thing, especially what, middle school, high school age, when kids are just sociopaths. Like, I could see that absolutely being the case. Was that
1: what happened to you? You just went through a phase where you were a sociopath. Yeah, we. Are, I
0: mean, we all go, we all go through that. What The fuck are you talking about? You know, when you get like, yeah, uh, you, you like, like, kill birds and shit. Yeah, you want to see what happens if you hit a bird with a hammer? <laughs> <laughs> you just want to see what happens. We all go through that.
1: That's not a phase. Mm. That's not a phase. Uh, but and I, I love this because because what it means is the time is tangible.
0: Right. Because that, yes. like, what yeah. what
1: they're th- stealing is time. Like, if he has these, aren't the only versions of these objects that are available on the server. So it's just the access to those objects takes a certain amount of time. And what the Dutch Supreme Court decided is that time is, you can steal time from somebody.
0: Mm. Yeah. Isn't that cool? Yeah. That, and it's legal precedent now. Yeah. Like it's well, in
1: Holland. Here, yeah, here they'd be like, what is a game? <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, that's what they say. Time is money. Do, you, do And also you... money talks, bullshit walks. Yeah. Do- <laughs> Again, the, ask the Dutch Supreme Court. Were, that's where the ruling came from. Those were drops. <laughs> he didn't say those out loud. He pushed a button. Yeah. And those
1: were drops.
0: <laughs> Look, I came prepared. I've been podcasting. Do you guys for a think? While.
1: Do you guys think that <laughs> virtual theft is real theft?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think those, so. those for sure. Yeah, I mean, like to your point, if you put that much time into something, it's a character that you invest time building or items that you that you acquire. Uh, buildings that you build in game. Those are things that technically I think your possessions, those are things that belong to you. Those are things that are your property to some degree for whatever, uh, to, to however property rights exist in the, the online world. So, yeah, I think if you if you take that from somebody, you're de- it's theft. And if you destroy it, it's vandalism. So then yeah.
1: by extension, because I know you're a big union guy. Yes. Could you <laughs> argue that a major corporation is stealing time from the individual worker by not paying them enough to survive?
0: Great. Great question. I are you, and you're talking about the and worker here is the consumer who is playing this game. Sure, that's a great question because it's like in that case you're paying to have an experience. You're paying for a service, so you're not really an employee of the the firm. It's like it's like a, the equivalent of like if you yeah. go to Disneyland and you wait in line for three hours for Splash Mountain. That's theft. That's you should get fifteen dollars per hour. <laughs> That's my point. Yes. We're on the same
1: page.
0: <laughs> oh, this is fascinating. Because yeah. it's 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 so not laid out. All, all of the legality of this except in Holland in this one case uh-huh. uh maybe that maybe that also leads us into all this Eve online stuff oh yeah we have so many crimes within the game Eve online I don't know if everybody knows it but it's like a game where you are in spaceships in space and and you're kind of like uh, kind of like this runescape game or these others you're building up your fleet through time and effort yeah'll I'll, I'll read the description from the this one sentence summary from the this this particular cracked article and this one's wild but th- this I think is a pretty clear encapsulation of what the game is. EVE Line's universe consists of 350,000 active subscribers piloting customizable spacecraft around 7,500 solar systems. So what ends up happening in this game, and I've read some, like, crazy there's so much crazy shit that's happened on in EVE online aside from the, the cr- the criminality, just the economy is so fleshed out and so crazy. I, I mean, I will never play this game because it seems so daunting and so dense yeah. and just the also, but like, I remember reading about the space battle where like these ships were destroyed and it was like, was like $150,000 was lost in EVE online yesterday because like the two biggest yeah. uh, <laughs> conglomerations kind of had a, this, this massive battle and then the one of them just got shithoused and all, the, all their super carriers got destroyed or whatever the fuck they're called um, yeah. like the end of a Star Wars movie happened and exactly so everybody loses and that had, and that had like and
1: real monetary value of like it's it. I remember yeah. reading about that I, every time I hear about Eve online it's like I'm hearing about a frontier town where shit is crazy <laughs> <laughs>
0: So you've got to you can use real world uh money in, indirectly to buy stuff in the game. And then so what's happened is because there's such a fully fleshed out economy, corporations have formed and also <laughs> organized crime has thrived. So what happened in this case is there's a group called the Guiding Hand Social Club. Uh and it says here they assassinate people for profit and steal their stuff for bonuses. So <laughs> They basically had a hit that was put out on the CEO of another corporation, and they did a crazy sort of thing where they worked they, – they got members of their mafia, their members of their organized crime syndicate. They started working at the corporation and worked their way up over time until they could be close enough to – the guy who actually carried out the murder was second in command in this corporation. So they like ascended the ranks within it, and then they ended up killing this guy, and they stole all his shit and yeah. <laughs> it's like it's just like wild and so he like they were paid $500 and they stole $16,500 worth of real stuff in in the process real fake stuff real fake stuff yeah, yeah. I feel like
1: a, I feel like this this specific podcast is gonna be a nightmare for my mom to listen to.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> Why? Um, well, she does play SimCity, so she has some understanding right. that there are purchases that you can make of oh, fake yeah. buildings. But I don't think it's ever occurred to there, her that some like that if this was an online game that somebody could steal those buildings, yes, and that it would oh, be an, yeah. a loss that affected her financially in some way.
0: Right? Or, yeah, because this Eve online game they have a, cu- a currency called ISK. And then and then there's some kind of just exchange rate where it's actual dollars. right. So, so th- these guys got paid 500 American dollars to do a hit and you, stole like 17 grand on top of that. You know when yeah. you
1: hear about like historic accidents that end up transforming major systems on the planet, whether of like government or wh- or whatever. Uh, yeah. you know like in effect, Christianity is like a historic accident right. that ends up terraforming the planet.
0: Yeah, right. In the yeah. same way, nine eleven. I, <laughs> did,
1: did you sing that? Was that a song that you just sang?
0: It's an, it was an accident that changed everything. <laughs> it's
1: not an accident. Mm. Oh, 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 god. Look
0: like pilot error to me. Our,
1: I'm getting the signal that our podcast has just been canceled. Oh Nick. boy. Okay. Uh, but I feel like when I hear about Eve Online, what I'm hearing about is a future government, like that, right. like. (laughs) That that's just going to expand and expand and expand. And that when we are, when we map it over the actual universe or something, that that will be the way we pilot our ships without leaving the planet. And that the monetary system will just be grafted onto our monetary system because it already is like a one-to-one real monetary system. So like in theory, like Bitcoin or, or anything else that's a virtual cryptocurrency, like, as long as you can't generate that money in the game without doing something of value, then in theory, the future of Earth could be EVE Online.
0: Yeah. Right? Yeah, this uh, stable currency. Guys, It's awesome. <laughs> that's fucking awesome. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> the, the thing about this particular story that to me is crazy to think about is the guy working undercover and climbing the ranks and, and getting someone's trust of like the sense of betrayal you would feel as because <laughs> oh, again yeah. it's, it's like a fake game it's like and you're the CEO of a corporation but you, you end up with getting this like trusted you know lieutenant who's your who's basically your your right hand man that you've that you've spent a year interacting with probably befriending mm-hmm. they're probably like texting offline like <laughs> like outside of the game world they're probably like friends yeah. so there's like a real world betrayal for this fake like kind of like role playing Hit that took place, and like, like, how did that? That must be must feel devastating. It's got to be emotionally, aside from the 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 loss of seventeen thousand dollars worth of of in game property. It's got to just be like emotionally crushing to feel like you can't trust anyone anymore.
1: <laughs> well, if you're in, if you're in that frontier town, that should have been the first lesson you came in with.
0: That's true. Yeah. You
1: know, I had an almost. I had a. I was on a role playing server on Final Fantasy Online, and my clan had a player killer event sort of thing happen where, like, one of the guys got murdered by somebody else in the clan, and nobody else knew who it was. And we all got these letters that were like, hey, we're going to have a meeting at such and such time to discuss the murder of uh, so-and-so in the the clan." And so I showed up and I was like, we all sit down in our fake little virtual chairs. And I was like, so do we know anything about the murder? And everyone in the room looked at me and the main dude was like, how did you know it was a murder? And I was the only person who had received a letter that said it was a murder. Whoa. And I had just been framed in real time. And I was like, oh, shit. Wow.
0: <laughs> That's amazing. Was, That's crazy. It was
1: great. I I mean, like, it was extremely what? satisfying experience, but I ran really fast. I ran. <laughs> I was like, nobody's going to believe. I was like, you, you, said the le- you said the letter that said it was murder. And he was like, no. And everybody else had a different letter. Than me. It was great.
0: It was fucking great. That's crazy. How did it end up resolving? It's amazing.
1: I logged off. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, and since we're, we're talking about Final Fantasy so much, we've also got this story about uh, gentrification in it. Yes. Because uh, also we've got a few stories here where it's like a real world problem gets enacted within the game in a, a very specific way.
1: Makes you wonder, are these problems or is this how the system is designed? Mm.
0: Hey. I mean, it does happen though naturally in a lot of these games the way it's structured, the way these are the their economies are set up is that the people who can invest the most time, the people who can they end up becoming an effective 1%. And so that's what happened in this, yeah. this fantasy, Final Fantasy 14, which because of the way that the game's housing system is structured, there's just only so much land. There's only so many places you can build. There's only so many building plots on a server. And so the, players who were like really, really dedicated instead of like, like, oh, I'm going to take this plot and then I'm set, they were hoarding plots and they're basically just having as many, you know, as much as they could have. It says here they were constructing lavish mountains and holiday homes. It's analogous to the housing crisis in the real world where just like the people who didn't have that much, there are people now who have like, Three to six homes and people have vacation yeah. homes. They have like they have like yachts and stuff. They they have so many places to live so many domiciles. And meanwhile, there are also people who just like don't have a place to live or can't afford the place they're currently living. They can't afford their rent. And it's a similar sort of thing that we just see happen in this in this game. You know, again, the, the, the microcosm, the game is economy is a microcosm for our actual economy. And it's also and it's fascinating that thing you said about people with the time to do it becoming a one percent. Right. I, I think this one, there's no actual uh, real world money in it. It's just that people. Yes. Ground the time out to get as many houses as they possibly could. This isn't an issue of, of again, you know, there's there's real money is being spent. It's the in-game currency, but it's just the amount that the people are willing to invest. Well, that,
1: so the question is, how do these people have the. Option to spend this much time in the video game unless their real world uh, oh, life is being right. subsidized in some way. That's true. Yeah, and that if that's true. the case, then they are the 1% who are then becoming the 1% in a virtual
0: context, right? That's amazing, yeah. They, yeah. they, they aren't just satisfied with this world. They have to have that one. Because
1: if you have a 9 to 5 <laughs> job, you can't play Final Fantasy online all day. yeah.
0: Time. You can, you can afford to be idle and, and afford, if you, if you have financial comfort. Although I will say that we had, I were, when I worked in video games, there was a guy who was addicted to world of Warcraft, one of the artists, and he eventually got fired because it, it turned out that he was staying up all night doing wow raids. And then he would come in and he'd just disappear in the offices and he got caught sleeping in the handicap stall in the men's room, like multiple times. And so he wow. was just like he was just grappling with this. He was a guy with a job, just an addiction. Yeah, yeah but yeah. this is a, this addiction that he couldn't overcome. So I I I wouldn't be surprised if some of these people are like making gigantic sacrifices in their own lives to be able to do this. But you're right that there are also like there are also people who just like like I'm a kid and so my expenses are covered because my parents are paying for everything, or I'm a college student, or I'm just like rich and I have a bunch of time. Um, and yeah, those people end up dominating these games. And then uh, and and with the housing market here it says that two players named Ultima and Iggyorm bought 28 homes between them mm-hmm. and so then the digital homeless players demanded a fairer system and the rich players said they earned it and right. then uh, the developer tried to add some more homes and those immediately got bought up and it didn't didn't fix anything
1: I I don't know enough about Final Fantasy 14 but if there are no bonuses that are given to your character like additional storage or whatever if you have a house then the house is effectively just a cosmetic purchase.
0: Yeah, sure. It's not, sure. It,
1: like, you don't need a home in Final Fantasy XIV. I wish this, there was a little bit more context here uh, uh, on the article, because I, I want to know if there are bonuses that make the gameplay different, or if yeah. it is a cosmetic experience, it's like, oh, this is my home, come into my home, but it's just a private space inside of a server? And if that's the yeah. case, then who gives a fuck?
0: Right. <laughs> like, <laughs> right.
1: Spend, get the hat. Everybody can see your hat, and it's got bonuses.
0: But what if the hats, or there's a limited number of hats?
1: That's ridiculous. There could be. <laughs> That's not how the game is made.
0: All the all these limits are artificial to some degree. Like this is all they could decide to have a limitless housing supply. They could decide that multiple people could own the same plot of land, and it will just like appear differently to you. They could they could they could figure out a way to do that. But but the shortages the scarcity the imposed scarcity is like part of like th- they can make that decision to 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 do that as part of their economic system they could say like there are some unique items that only a few people can have if they wanted so yeah. it'd be the same sort of thing like like yeah we have this unique hat that confers these bonuses and lets you go to this mystery dungeon there's only 100 of them in the game world and then two players have 28 apiece like that seems like something that they should figure out how to regulate
1: i feel like yeah. that sort of artificial scarcity is yeah. going to Generate some kind of video game Buddhism Mm. because eventually there will be players who are like, We don't need any of these accoutrements to play the game. In fact, we're not going to wear armor and we're not going to raid dungeons, we are just going to walk.
0: (laughs) I think, I think there's a, a culture in I want to say it's Skyrim or, or one of the other uh, Elder Scrolls games but there's a culture of people just playing as NPCs mm. like they'll just be they'll just decide to live in the town and talk to people and walk around and right. not do anything good on them we'll, we'll link that if we've got it yeah. yeah good I'll do that sometimes
1: you do that now <laughs> in the real world <laughs>
0: I hear the king has a new advisor
1: <laughs> that's hmm. Nick walking down <laughs> Sunset Boulevard Sunset,
0: yeah <laughs> there's a new potion merchant in town. <laughs> Six goblin pelts, and I'll I, give you a ring of power.
1: Honestly, Nick, I would pay you $50 to spend an hour and a half filming yourself walking around. Like, set up a camera somewhere mm-hmm. and just walk yeah. around on the street On sunset, and as you pass people, be be like, that cave up by the mountains is sure troubling. (laughs)
0: Let's all go do that right now. So you're you're paying me $50 to get my ass kicked by a stranger. Did you play Red Dead? I didn't play it, no.
1: Oh, well, never
0: mind. But what I think I think what, what you're talking about, like, like, in games where you can make moral choices. You can't
1: read my mind. You don't know where I was going. Okay, I'm sorry.
0: <laughs> Is the newest one the one where there's, like, extremely specific things for if you want to start a fire, you have to press the right five buttons and yes, do everything? Yes, yes.
1: That's the—you're right. I it's was all going minutia. To, I was going to ask you— do you make the acceptable moral choice or the amoral choices?
0: I have a hard time being evil unless that's kind of the point of the game. Like I have, I oh, I usually take the good path. I usually take the moral path. But also, I think there is an issue with game design. This is a thing I've I've seen. I've seen other people talk about where there are gameplay incentives to do the right path. Usually like, usually like, like doing good, you get more stuff from you. You you have more quest lines, you have a better story, you have more character advancement. I mean, and so like, I, it would be cool if there was a game where it's like doing the right thing was tougher like made your life harder and like it was easier to just sort of cheat and do the 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 non-virtuous path.
1: Yeah, like the real world.
0: Right, exactly. Yeah, it'd be great if you could if you could just be like a complete shithead and you could, could totally <laughs> prosper.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But there but usually that actually makes your life a little harder.
1: I would like it if the yeah. game if the game was equally balanced where it was like right. there are just as many quests of your good as if you're bad yeah. and it's just up to what you want to do in the game. Like, I think that would be great. But you're right. The the designers are moralizing. There was an interview with the guy who did Fable, Peter Molyneux. Yes. Where he was talking about how surprised he was that people didn't go evil more often in his games and was trying to add these incentives to make people evil and people weren't doing it.
0: And that's interesting that people, uh, if he was like trying to incentivize them to be evil, they weren't taking him up on Mm -hmm, it. mm -hmm. Because I do feel puppeted sometimes by a game's moral system mm-hmm. right like like honestly ftl i feel like encourages at least not being super nice like there's often a quest where you get somewhere and there's giant alien spiders on somebody's yeah. ship but you almost always lose a crewman if you send them to help you know and so i i just find myself not helping the spider people right. and then i think like they're making me be less uh, generous what the fuck you know? yeah while while i was on the way over here I was playing, and there was, there was one of those events where it was, like, there's, like, a ship with um a slave crew members, and if you damage the yeah. ship enough, they'll be like, okay, well, let us go. We'll, we'll give you one of these slaves, and you get an additional crew member. But I already had enough crew, so they, like, they offered me that, and I said no, and then they just blew up their ship because I could get more, like, scrap and more in-game currency. And then I was just like, that was very – that was, like – Morally outrageous, like that was <laughs> yeah. reprehensible. What I just did—I just killed an innocent guy just so I could yeah. take more, like, like more in-game currency. I, I have done that exact same thing. Yeah, yes, but sometimes it's the rational choice to make mm. in that situation. Yeah, which, which I kind of like actually. I like, I like that 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 like makes you kind of grapple with that, and you do. do I really want to send this uh, bug creature to his doom, right? Yeah, but yeah, it's, sometimes it's the right thing to do. There's a World of Warcraft story here about the corrupted blood plague. Oh, yes. From the seven biggest dick moves in the history of gaming by Luke McKinney. And it's a story about how uh, Blizzard is the company that makes world of Warcraft they in two thousand and five they they weren't trying to give people any kind of moral choice or decision to deal with, but they created a boss who had like a spell on him that drained hit points and was also contagious, so as you fought him, you could catch it and then you needed to clear it out right and This was just one boss in one dungeon, but players decided to teleport the boss out of the dungeon and then give themselves the the like blood disease and then spread it as fast as they could. And so it became a thing where people were turning extreme heel and just spreading this virtual disease as far as they could, as fast as they could to everyone in the game. Yeah, I remember when this, because I remember when this happened, I wasn't playing World of Warcraft at the time, but I remember it being like a game, like a a story, and people didn't realize at first that it was a, it was, you know, people griefing. They thought it was like, oh, this was a design choice, like Blizzard threw in this plague that's being spread everywhere. Like, that's like a fun sort of in-game event, but it was kind of inadvertently that. And then one element of this, and this is detailed in this story here, is that it didn't just infect like player characters it also infected non player characters made them them carriers yeah. so like you would go up to like an innkeeper and then he would have the plague and then your character would get infected with it but that innkeeper because he's an npc he's never going to die he's just going to sit there like as like this plague dispenser uh, dispensary unit for all time yeah <laughs> yeah it's crazy
1: i i le- my favorite part is that the bioterrorism experts study the way it spread
0: right to be yeah, like hey you know
1: in real life when when we are dealing with some kind of weaponized plague maybe we can use world of warcraft to to come up with some examples or some solutions
0: yeah it's and been like an actual case study i love it yeah <laughs> fucking love that shit yeah i love it too <laughs> fucking love it <laughs> When players have, especially high-level players, when they have an opportunity to grief, when they have an opportunity to to make an experience shittier for new players, a lot of them, not not a lot of them, but and an, an a significant percentage of them will run with that. Along with that, I feel like when we were talking before about games with a built-in morality system where mm-hmm. you, you have, feel like you need to choose good or bad, I feel like they went evil here because they thought of it. You know, right. they were it like it was creative, it was fun for them to yeah. it was it wasn't put on a platter by the game where it's like, if you'd like to be evil, press two. Right. You know? It was like, no, we thought of this whole thing and we're brilliant. Yeah, and it's more
1: evil than a game option to be evil. Yeah, yeah. And be, because real evil is more fun. Yeah.
0: It's true. Well, let's uh let's go be evil. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we like the plague. We're all on board with the plague. <laughs> Maybe one other kind of crime to look at, because do, do you guys follow professional gaming? Like, I like sports a lot and have not dipped into- Like eSports? Yeah, like eSports. Like I, I, I do not it.
1: follow it enough, but I do follow it enough.
0: <laughs> That's where I'm at. I don't follow it enough, but I do follow it enough.
1: <laughs> I, I watch enough to, to have watched enough of it. Yeah. But I don't like, I'm not like. That's not my thing. Yeah, oh, yeah I'm yeah.
0: not up on like the League of Legends seasons, but I have like watched a Hearthstone tournament on on Twitch. So yeah. I've, I've I've dabbled in esports. And I've, I've seen some okay, some recap cool. videos, or I'll
1: watch Street Fighter tournament replays. Right. Because those are awesome. Uh, those that are rad. pretty good,
0: actually. Yeah. And with esports, some of the biggest scene of that is in South Korea, and also with StarCraft, among other games. And the past few years, it seems like that league is at the place where, like, like turn of the century baseball was, where just gamblers were rigging everything, mm-hmm. and there have been a ton of match fixing scandals around StarCraft, with people getting arrested and stings, and it's and it's an entire uh, crime wave. Yeah.
1: Oh boy. I mean, South Korea is just living in the future. We are like, we are literally behind. I mean, not literally, that's the wrong use of that word, but we are temporarily, we are behind them. They're, they're living in, they have Blade Runner problems. (laughs) Right, right, right. (laughs) Police stings for like online video gaming. That's a Blade Runner problem.
0: Yeah, really? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. The, the match fixing is so, it's so wild that again, that there's this much money in things that aren't just purchasing a game that you can make money off of. There's enough money to be made by paying someone to throw a star, professional Starcraft match, right? That because of all the gambling that's taking place, that's like, if you're an enterprising mafioso, that's the, those are the sorts of frontiers where you could thrive because, you know, like the, the match fixing scandal, the game fixing scandal in the NBA a few years ago with the ref, Tim Donahue was being right. pay, paid off by the mob to fix games. That's the NBA. You can you can make a lot of money off of that, but you're not going to get away with that for very long. Be, and and ultimately he uh, he was caught. He went to prison. His associates went to prison. But like a thing like this in Starcraft, I feel like you can be a lot more under the radar, right? Like what what are being yeah. the consequences for these guys? Do we know? So there were a few arrests. There were eleven people arrested in a state wow. in 2015. There were eight more in 2016, and then two people last year. And the arrests included Lee Sung Hyun and Bang Woo Young, who are both apparently amazing players. That's crazy. Uh, so like the shoeless Joe, yeah, of like, like the shoeless Joe. You know, that's wild. Yeah. But and apparently they made several times what they would have made for winning the whole tournament just by getting paid off to lose a couple matches. Heather, you're yeah. you're someone who I know has done some some competitive Street Fighter. Yes. Oh,
1: long, long, Whoa. long, long time ago. Oh,
0: you're, but you're you're very good at you're very good at Street Fighter. Would you? would you accept a payoff to throw a street fighter game?
1: I wouldn't need to. The goal would be to convince somebody that I could win. Mm. Like if, if I could convince somebody with money that I had a chance at winning and they paid me money to lose, it would be great. Because chances are I'm going to (laughs)
0: lose. The joke's on them. Yeah. Yeah. Folks, that's the episode for this week. My thanks to Heather Ann Campbell and Nick Weiger for bringing so many things into this episode that blew my mind. I don't, I don't know enough about video games to know the entire culture of it. And, and they do. They're the best. And they're very, very funny, aren't they? Yes, they are. So in our footnotes, check out the information there about how did this get played and upcoming podcast from Earwolf that they're going to be hosting. And it's going to be amazing. There's also all kinds of cracked articles and outside sources that we drew on About those gaming things. In particular, there's a lot there about Fortnite. We we didn't dig way into Fortnite, uh, I think, at all, really. Uh, But it's a very, very popular game. And there was a a really fun generation of scams and schemes there where the company making it launched an Android version, but they didn't want to give a cut to the Google Play Store for carrying it. So they tried to release it just straight up on the internet. And then, as you would expect, one billion malware sites popped up claiming to be Fortnite. And it was a whole freak and I think people learned lessons about what we can do about video game crimes. Beyond those fun crimes, our theme music is Chicago Falcon by the Budos Band. This episode was engineered by Devin Bryant and edited by Chris Souza. If you love this episode, that's great. If you hated it, let me know about it on social media. That's right, social media the space where I originally learned that both Nick and Heather are big time gamers. They're very, very funny about games on there. Follow Nick at Nick Weiger. That's W I G E R is his last name. And Heather is at Heather Campbell. My own Twitter account is at Alex Schmidt. My Instagram is at Alex Instagram, and I'm on the wider internet at my website, com. And I'm here to say we will be back next week with more cracked podcast. So how about that? Talk to you then.